Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. This is Bob Getty along with Kelly Sander and Luke Johnson. We're glad you're with us. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studio broadcast every day. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to take the family tonight for a delicious meal. Or to cater your next event, Dickie's, located right next to the mall here in Hattiesburg, serving delicious food seven days a week. Peter Bain is uh, the president of the M Club, and he'll be on the show a little later to talk about the newest inductees that are about to make their way into that organization. Got some updated news on Southern Miss baseball attendance and how it stacks up so very well around the country as well. And, and then Kelly, I'm going to get Kelly and Luke back involved in the debate they had off the air yesterday about how boring the Final Four is going to be in the NCAA tournament. I wish I'd have, really? wish I'd have been able really? to broadcast this argument yesterday really? uh, during the break. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little later. Right now, Heath Hinton is the owner and proprietor of Big Gold Nation, and he joins us at the Eagle Hour. Heath, where do you side? Kelly says... Bah humbug, same old four teams in the Final Four. Luke says it's the Final Four of a generation. I, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, you know, look, I'm looking forward to see Duke, North Carolina playing for the first time in the Final Four. Uh, but there really is no, uh, you know, there's no Loyola, St. Peter's out. It's just there's none of those uh, big time yeah. Cinderellas in it. This but they were in the Elite and Eight. It, <laughs> yeah, I agree, but it's not the final four. All right, we're going to save this and, for the next uh, segment, right? Yeah, now? we'll save this for the last segment. But I, I gather you're kind of closer to you're kind of closer to Sander Heath than you are to Luke. I've just got to tell you that going in. Uh oh. Well, I mean, it's, I'm going <laughs> to watch. That's never it. a good place. I'm going to gonna be. watch it, but I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to be like excited all day about watching it. That's there. We I go. guess that's a good way to say. There we it. go. Well, all right. Uh, I want to talk to you about a couple things that are very positive and. Uh, Something you just brought to our attention. In the day of the transfer portal, when every unhappy athlete in America just says, I'm not playing here anymore, and and they transfer off to another school, our good buddy, Joy Lee McNellis, who's not retiring, by the way, uh, she kept every member of her team. Yeah, I mean, think about this, guys. Uh, it seems every school has kids that get in the transfer portal. They're freshmen that – Maybe felt like they should have got playing time for whatever. But Coach McNillis and her staff, I think it goes to the the culture that they that they have for women's basketball. But none of those kids are jumping into the transfer portal. She's keeping everybody that team that has a solid nucleus that's going to be just as good and going to be even better next year. All those girls are coming back, and I just think it's a it's a compliment to her, her staff and uh, women's basketball for doing that, because that's just not something that's heard of very often. Yeah, good, I, good for her. I think the thing that's even more unique about that, Bob, is that she, it, 
that Joy Lee's not easy to play for. Well, you know, she's I, tough. She yeah. is tough. She's, 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 tough. A, she's old school. And, you know, old school doesn't play very well anymore. Yeah. You know, the old school hard line coaches are the ones that are retiring because of this new generation of athletes. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously been able. And again, that's not a criticism of Joy Lee. I'm old school. I, I you know, prefer that approach, but it doesn't seem to be, yeah. you know, the favorite thing to do. And she, despite that, she's keeping these Good players. Good for her. And yeah. he's uh, on the other side, <laughs> a guy that wasn't even on the team. On the men's team, entered the transfer portal. And I was so glad to hear you say that wasn't news to you because he wasn't on the team to begin with. Yeah, I can't lie. You know, some people were asking me, did you hear about, you know, Artur Kanatsa? Well, in transfer portal, I was like, yeah, but, I mean, it's not like he was on the roster this year. Now, he was told if he wanted to come back next year, he could because he was off rehab. But he wasn't in school. He uh, was back at home. He's uh you know, rehabbing. So, I mean, technically, it's not a, somebody that's leaving. So, I didn't feel like it was that big of news because he wasn't even here last year anyway. So, are you uh, are you saying, Heath, that me and Luke and Bob could enter the transfer portal? Because we weren't on the team either. <laughs> well, I, 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 I guess maybe you need to play last year. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. Maybe you should have some eligibility left and you could jump in the transfer send, portal. Who send, knows? It seems like Kelly anybody the, can. Send Kelly the number to the transfer portal just in case he wants to <laughs> I'm get I'm sure in there would be a lot of listeners play. that wish I would enter the transfer portal. <laughs> yeah. You know something, Bob, you were saying about Joy Lee and, and, and something that's always stuck out to me. She is hard to play for. She's tough. She's demanding. But she'll she'll love those girls to death too at the same time. And they love her too. And you watch them. Let me tell you. And you watch them around the court, like when she's with the granddaughter. What do they do? Yeah. They go get the grandkids, and they they're one of them's holding them. I mean, it's just a great atmosphere she has right. there. Luke, get in here with the owner and proprietor of Big Old Nation. So Heath, I mean, to to your point, what does that kind of tell you? The contrast. I mean, what what are we missing out when, you know, we lose an entire starting you know, lineup on one side, and the other side, they don't even lose one player, bench or starter, to the transfer portal. It could be different things. Could be culture. Could be a lot of different things, Luke. But one thing you've got to look at is a stability on the program. Stability on the program. Um, what happens if uh, Coach Ladner doesn't come back after next season? These kids don't feel like they have any stability, so they're going to get out now. Um, there's just so many different things that these kids are looking at when it comes to transfer portal that maybe they didn't have them with men's basketball. And it's going to be tough. That's the thing people don't realize about bringing transfers in. You're going to have to bring transfers in, but are they really going to be able to guarantee them more than just one year? Right. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to rebuild a team like that. Turning the page of football, um, I know you had some conversations with Will Hall. He'll be on the show tomorrow with us. But uh, I was intrigued to hear about some of the, the highlights of your uh, your discussions with Sam Gregg, the new offensive uh, line coach, technically offensive coordinator. Of course, it's more of a planning than a play calling uh, coming down from Liberty. What was some of those interactions like with Coach Gregg? I had a great time. Great time talking with Coach Gregg. We talked about, you know, some uh, – you can go to Big Old Nation, uh, go to the – loyalty board and, and read where he talks about, you know, different starters, but uh he does feel like the strength of all offensive line when all is said and done is gonna be the inside three, the two guards in the centers. Um he feels like they've gotten better um since they got on campus. 
Um, you know, one of the big things that he thought that they may need to get better with was pass blocking. And uh, talked about Jaquan Scott, a guy that uh, he's been really impressed with on camp. And another one, Tykeen Doss, tackle. Talked about how he can drop some weight and uh, looks just like a a better football player, moves extremely well, um, got all the tools to be a really good one. So, uh, you know, it was fun to talk to him and get some answers about the offensive line, what they're doing, what they're doing different, transfers coming in. So, uh, you know, he seems to be really positive about what's happening, and you look back at the scrimmage, um, they did some good things in the passing game, so obviously they're getting better. Uh, Frank Gore had some pretty solid runs. So it's getting better, and as Coach Hall told me, you know, they're getting better. They're not where they want to be, but they're a better team than they were last year. Bob? What will we see uh, Saturday morning, Heath? Will we see much of a change? Or I think Luke kind of touched on it earlier this week. You know, it's kind of a gradual process, so you you may not see a huge sea change. Well, no, I think, you know, some guys have been here longer. They already know the system than other guys. Some guys who are transfers, especially when it comes to offense, it takes them a little while to get adjusted to things. So maybe the offensive line, you'll probably see some of the same guys, but eventually and gradually when fall starts, they go through the summer, they start learning a little more, start figuring out how things are done. You'll see some more of those implemented to the offensive line. I think right now you're just going to see kind of uh, the team uh, getting ready defensively. I think you're going to see a lot better team. Coach Hall has talked so much about the secondary, and the defense was good last year, but that secondary he's really excited about. So I'm kind of interested to see in the scrimmage how the DBs play in the secondary with the wide receiver group with Caston and Brownlee that is really good. So those two groups going up against each other is going to be a lot of fun in the scrimmage. Yeah, don't we need to put like bubble wrap around all the quarterbacks? You know, so they can get through the spring game without four of them getting hurt. You would, yeah, yeah. I, I would think it's probably not going to be too much hitting on the quarterbacks. Uh, one thing I think we all, you know, when it comes to the quarterback situation, well, they went through eight quarterbacks last year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. What they were able to do with the superback, and Coach Hollis told me, you know, all of his all of his running backs can run that offense. Some throw different uh, well. Some throw different plays well. Some run it better. But they all can run the offense and make the throws that are needed. And that tells me a lot. And he says, you know, they're going to use it depending on what the offense they play. But I have a feeling if he goes a couple of quarterbacks down, I think you're going to see the the superback offense come out. I don't think he's going to go down that road of playing a bunch of quarterbacks ever again. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation. <clears throat> Heath, we always appreciate your input, and uh, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. God bless. Have a good one. Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation. All right, Peter Bain, we're going to hear who the new members of the M Club Hall of Fame are about to be right after this. And then, of course, the big basketball debate waits on the horizon on the Eagle Club. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. I want to thank Heath Hinton for joining us in the first segment. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, where you can find the latest Southern Miss apparel right there on Hardy Street by the campus. You can shop online at CampusBookmart.net. 
www.mclubhallofame.net. Peter Bain joins us uh, right now, and he is the president of the M Club Hall of Fame. They're going to have their induction ceremonies for the new class here on April the 8th. One question that came up, and I didn't realize this. One of the great punters in the NFL, Kelly's name? Gerald Wilson with the Kansas City Chiefs. How in the world is he not in the M Club Hall of Fame, Peter? Well, we've... We've got to get the uh, we've got to get the board on it. We've got to get everybody to vote. And um, his class really is. Uh, I'm not pointing any fingers about any blame anywhere, but um, it, it it's we're voted on by the peers of the of the M Club. So uh, there there's still hope. Hmm. He should be there. Just a humble opinion. Well, I I think uh, and maybe and, and Peter, I might be reading between the lines here, but you've got a younger voting group now than and gerald wilson is certainly you know much older than probably most of the members of the m club now but that is correct yeah he 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 was uh he was before my time for sure and um but like i said we've uh we can we can reevaluate this and and see where where it takes us because i i would agree the uh, punters are obviously the best athletes on the football field. So <laughs> here, here, here we go. Here yeah. we go. We opened that door, didn't we? Roll up our pant legs. Here. All right, all right, Peter. April eighth, uh, the new class comes in. Uh, Austin Davis, Latrell Pollard, Gerald McGrath, Trey Sutton, Chad Williams. Let's go one by one. Uh, start with Austin and kind of go through that and just kind of briefly touch on uh, on their career highlights. Well, Austin. Um, you know, he he obviously led us in 2011 to the conference championship. So so anytime you you get a, a championship in your tenure, you uh, you're already in a class above the rest. Um, he did a phenomenal job with us on and off the field. Um, he's he's carried the black and gold well since the 10 years um, that he's been out, uh, and and really just he. he sort of rewrote the record books when it comes to quarterbacks. I think the only one he didn't get um, was the rushing quarterback rushing record. Um, Reggie still has that by, by I think, one rushing touchdown um, is, is what he got Austin for on that one. So um, just a, a, a great career. Um, he got hurt his sophomore year, I believe it was. Um, but overall, just a, a a phenomenal career, a great leader of our football team, and um, you know much respect from all the all the class that, that was that was around him and, and played with him. All right, and Reggie wanted you to know he's not giving that record up. Uh, Latrell <laughs> Pollard, football. Latrell, um, Latrell's been he, he's he's a great one to have um, in the Hall of Fame. I, I know his son has also worn the black and gold. Um, Latrell is going to be there April 8th with his family. Um, we're thankful to have him. You know, Oak Grove family, his his kids um, have, like I said, his son plays for us as well. Um, Mitch Williams is going to be our, our MC for the banquet. And um, and these guys, he's going to do a great job introducing these guys as well. And, and everyone... I would encourage everyone listening, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, to uh, to come to that banquet. Um, and that, you know, the 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 honor that these guys are are, are getting is um, is the best one that we can offer as as right. our Hall of Fame uh, as the M Club. And right. um, 
All right. Now next, the next member, great linebacker Gerald McRath. Yeah, GMAC. He was. Um, he. Funny story about Gerald is is I was on my official visit when we played East Carolina back in two thousand and nine. No, excuse me, it would have been two thousand and eight. And um, GMAC was was one of the main reasons why I, I felt like Southern Miss was going to be a good place to play football. Um, you could just tell by the way he carried himself, by the respect that he had from all the teammates and the coaches and the enthusiasm that he played with was uh, was special. And it hasn't changed. I've talked to him quite a bit over the last few um, days getting ready for the banquet and things, and, and he's just as fiery of, of a guy as any. Um, you know, he went on and played in the NFL for for a little bit with the Titans. Uh, just carried the black and gold well, very well since since his time has passed as as a Golden Eagle. Um, and he just loves it. He really does. He's he's a he's a heart and soul Golden Eagle, and uh, we're thankful to have him. Thankful we had him when we did, and thankful we still have him. Um, he's he's very excited about the opportunity. All right, Chad Williams, the last football player in the in the class this year. Yeah, Chad, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal athlete um, on staff with us right now, actually. So uh, there again, uh, um, you know, just just still carrying out the black and gold um, throughout his 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 career, and you know, just um, again, just encourage everyone to come to the banquet and to see these guys firsthand. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, being being inducted in, into the Hall of Fame is, is an honor for these guys, but it's an honor for all of us because we get to remember uh, all the great things that they did while they were playing. And uh, we're, we're very thankful to have Chad uh, still a part of our program. All right, and finally, one baseball player has been a frequent guest on this show, Trey Sutton, who was a great uh, hitter. Uh, for the Golden Eagles, so baseball represented on April the eighth as well. Yeah, Trey. Trey will be he'll be uh, honored at the. We're going to do this the twenty twenty two class Hall of Fame class banquet should be back in the fall. We'll we'll plan that on a Friday night before a home football game, and we will honor Trey at that banquet um, and and give him the due respect that he's deserved. He'll be busy coaching baseball, obviously this. April the eighth um, for this banquet, but uh, all-time hits leader um, at a you know obviously a, a very a powerhouse baseball school. So that's something to hang your hat on, and, and he's um, still carrying out the, the championship mentality of, of being a Golden Eagle. I think they won the state championship at West Jones last year. He's got a great program uh, over there with the Mustangs, and and again just thankful to have him in in the Hall of Fame, and thankful to have them when we did it at, uh, at Southern Miss. All right, Luke, jump in here with Pete. Peter, I just want to let our listeners know again what you said earlier in the program. Punters are the best athletes uh, on the football field. Just want to give you the opportunity to affirm that again. Yeah, absolutely, Luke. I, I mean, we touch the ball every time we go on the field, right? Uh, we, we It's moving, not like a regular kicker where it's stationary. The ball's actually moving. We have to kick it moving. So, um, you know, people – People have a lot of faith in us, uh, as they should. That's exactly right. So I just want to get that little plug in. All right, you're uh, you're coaching Southern Miss now, coaching in the uh, in in the USFL. What do you think about Fedora coaching for the New Orleans Gamblers? Oh man, I think it's awesome. 
uh, I, I, I bringing the smart, fast, and physical to the USFL. What what could be better, right? I, I mean, it's it's a joy to see him um, do something that he loves, which is coaching football. And uh, I'm I'm real excited for him. I'm 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 also real excited to see you know Pat Washington's on his staff again too. Pat Washington was a huge part of our 2011 campaign, um, and just what he brings to the program and what he brings to all all of, all of the players around him. So um, pretty exciting. I'm I'm thankful all those all those games are going to be over in Birmingham. So I'm I'm definitely going to try to make it to a couple. <laughs> Bob, I need to apologize. It's the New Orleans Breakers. Sorry, Coach Fedor. Correct. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> he said uh, gamblers. Don't worry. Oh no! I it's said a, Sumlin. That, that's I felt yeah. guilty as soon as no, it came out. It, 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 it is the Breakers. It, it's like a little old Conference USA revival of coaches in there with Sumlin and uh, Holtz is in there too. He's the Birmingham coach, I think. That's right, isn't it? Three Conference USA coaches coaching in that league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I guess they, like Southern Miss, wised up and got the heck out of there. <laughs> got out of Conference USA. Yeah. They went yeah. to the USFL. We went to the Sun Belt. Yeah. And, I don't expect, yeah. and I don't expect Peter or Luke to comment you know, on this necessarily, but I would just like to Im- employ, you know, implore rather the voters of the M Club. Gerald Wilson not being in the M Club is, is, in my opinion, and I own it, is something that needs to be addressed because I mean Gerald Wilson was was a terrific punter in the, in the AF in the old AFL Chiefs. and AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs, and and I know I know that the, punted in the Super Bowl right? and, and and one of the early Super Bowls right and so and I know that was a long time ago and those were just there's not as many of us old guys around anymore but I would just like to implore the voters to 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 relook at that because I think that it would add legitimacy uh, more more legitimacy to the M Club if Gerald Wilson was there. Well, Peter, we appreciate you sharing that information with us. And the uh, banquet is April the 8th. Is that correct? It is. Yes, sir. It's, uh, a couple shout-outs to Citizens National Bank is our main sponsor for the banquet. So we really appreciate them and their support. Taylor Rental has also helped um, with a with a lot that we're going to be putting on with, with their help, too. wouldn't be possible. And um, Sazerac has also helped donate some liquor bottles for us for the bar and um, the athletic association as well has uh, has helped out a lot and uh, we're very appreciative of all those all those sponsors and and like i said wouldn't be able to do it without them and there will be liquor in the bottles correct there will be liquor in the all right good i just wanted to clarify hey peter thank you buddy we appreciate you all right thanks thanks bob peter bam everybody m club hall of fame april the 8th there was one other member that he didn't mention and we're gonna we had a quick interview with him we'll have that on the other side of the road Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for sponsoring the third segment of the show. We love Slade and all the guys down there. Great food, great lunches five days a week, good food at night, and always the big game on the TV at 4th Street Bar and Grill. What a great atmosphere and a great guys to have as part of the Eagle Hour family, and we appreciate them very much. Now, there was one person, Kelly. Person? Well, you know. Member. Inductee. Inductee. Yeah. There you go. Inductee that was not mentioned. And he has, quote, carried the water for Golden Eagle Sports. The true water boy. Hump the Wonder Camel will be a, he will be inducted as well. And we had really? a chance to ask him his reaction. And here's what he had to say. Mm. Mm. 
See, Hump was very excited about the news, Santa. Oh, okay, Hump. Either that, right. Hump, 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 stop. Either that or he had a little gas from the shrimp salad he had for, for lunch. I don't know. Hey, All right, we made a mistake, and yeah. very rarely do we do, so let's clarify that. And I want to <laughs> credit our crack research staff here at the at Eagle, the Eagle Hour. Hour. Yeah. Gerald Wilson is indeed in the M Club Hall of Fame. I, I found that hard to believe that, that they would, you know, overlook somebody that had a career like Gerald Wilson, but he went in as the class of in the class of 1973. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2005, but one of the great punters of all time in the NFL, Gerald Wilson, was in No, we didn't want to clarify. Yeah, that. and is in the M Club, so yeah. that's good. Okay, earlier this week, my two buddies, uh, Kelly and Luke, got into a discussion off-air about the NCAA Final Four. And Kelly expressed his disappointment that it was, quote, the same old four teams, Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina, Duke, and the Final Four, and how that gets boring to have the same four teams, not literally, but generally speaking, uh, in the in the championship round of the basketball uh, tournament. And Luke vehemently disagreed. So, Luke, I'm going to let you start out by telling our listeners why now, this is special. Defense. Okay, let let well, him be the prosecution all right, Kelly, because all I have for y'all is facts. Why is this So let the boring, opinions Kelly? lead the way. Well, and this goes hand in hand with the people that want an expanded college football playoff. And I understand why, but even if you expand the college football playoff, you're going to get in the Final Four, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. All right, pretty much. Those are the four. It doesn't matter how many other teams are in it. It's going to come down to those and four. And any year they can figure out a way to get Notre Dame in it. it somehow. We have one, there might be one, be in it one rotating member in and right, out. Right. But generally, that's the way it's going to be. Same deal with the NCAA tournament. Oh, March Madness. Yeah, St. Peter's had a good run. But they're not in the Final Four. All right, and we are stuck with the same old mundane, you know, cans. Like you mentioned the four. It's the same old ones. I'm tired of those schools. I can't take away the victories from them. They, you know, they earned it and all that. I'm not interested in this Final Four. Luke Johnson for the defense. So I'm not sure Kelly heard anything I said off air yesterday because you don't measure a Final Four by who is in it. You measure it by the overall picture of the tournament and how we got to the Final Four. So here's the rundown of the tournament, okay? In the first round, you had a 12 beat a 5, you had three 11s beat a 6, you had a 15 beat a 2, you had a 10 beat a 7, you actually had two 12s that beat a 5. In the second round, you had an 8 that beat a 1, a 15, uh, or I'm sorry, 11 that beat a 3, another 11 that beat a 3, and a 10 that beat a 2. In the Sweet 16, you had an 11 seed, an 8 seed, a 15 seed, first time ever, a 10 seed, an 11 seed. With teams like St. Peter's and even Providence as a four seed was in there. In the Elite Eight, you had a five seed, a 10 seed, an eight seed, and a 15 seed. Now, add on the top of that, the final four, well, this will be the first time in history that Duke and North Carolina, who, by the way, is the greatest rivalry in college basketball, and that game ranks up in there. I'm, I'm not saying the top five, but it's a top 10 across the board rivalry. First time they've ever met, not with just season on the line. Like, this could be Coach K's last game that he ever coaches at Duke, and your arch rival has the opportunity to eliminate you. I will I will concede that both Kansas and Villanova, I get the fact that the other side is a one and a two. 
I get that, and I get there's name recognition with that. But if I get to a Final Four and I got an eight seed, I only have one one seed, I had a 15 seed that made it to the Elite Eight, that makes the Final Four worthwhile to me to engage in because it speaks of what a great tournament was there. I disagree. I mean, I just, I just, it's the final four. You're buying tickets to see the final four. You're not buying tickets to see a 15 seed beat a two seed. This is what we've come down to. This is why people have been tired of the Super Bowls with the New England Patriots in it every year and getting to be now the Kansas City Chiefs. The reason the Super Bowl was popular this year, forget that I'm a Bengal fan, but the reason the Super Bowl was so well received this year and so well rated and watched was because Cincinnati was new. It was somebody, a new team that people could get behind. Well, the Rams were too, really. Generally, yeah. yeah. And 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 Matt, the Matthew Stafford factor, you know, he he finally got his Super Bowl. But the fact that regardless of how many teams get in, it's the same old four. I'm tired of it. It's stale. It's worn out. And if now if St. Peter's is in the Final Four, now we're talking. All right. If uh, any of these other teams, Providence gets in the whatever, you know. But but the fact that it's the same four teams, it was a waste of time to put in 64 teams when inevitably we're generally going to get the same four teams. But we're not getting the same four teams. What do you and mean? You have the, the North Carolina Duke game, you have to be... Oh, yeah, you never you get to, to see be, a North Carolina Duke game. You never in, get this to see, is the first time in the history of the NCAA I'm not talking tournament. about the Final Four. I'm talking about every other week when they play each other on TV and conference They play, play twice. They yeah, play twice. well, it seems like it doesn't matter. You're always going to see those they two teams twice. play twice. This, the late game on Saturday night will be one of the most hyped games in NCAA basketball tournament history because of what is on the line. If it was just, look, if it was just Carolina and Duke playing, that would still be electric. But you're talking about in the Final Four with Coach K's career on the line, Hubert <laughs> Davis's first year, not Roy Williams, not Dean Smith. This is his first year. Man, there's there's as a as a pure fan, and I would say. Possibly I'm biased because I've been a Carolina basketball fan since I was like nine years old. I'm biased that way. Just I think you're overshooting the moon a little bit with the Super Bowl because it was your team. Regardless of that, you can't tell me that the one of the, the top two greatest coach in NCAA history faces elimination from his career by his arch rival, which so happens to be the greatest rivalry in college basketball in a Final Four game. That is newsworthy. You will wait and see what the ratings say. I'm telling you, nobody's going to watch this. I mean, your hardcore basketball fans are going to watch it anyway. But your casual fan like me, I could care less. I've had North Carolina and Duke up to my eyeballs. I'm tired of seeing them. I'm tired of seeing the New England. That's why New England Patriots, everybody hates the Patriots. They're tired of them. They want a change of guard. And it all comes down to how well is it received in the ratings. And I'm telling you, it will not be, it will not be, in my opinion, a very high-rated. What you're saying is, we need the Commodores in the Super Bowl. It would be some. Well, considering that there isn't a team called the Commodores, it would certainly be a headline. You know, and again, Luke, you you know, you and I love each other. We just disagree on this. I just I think it's boring. Duke and North Carolina. I know Coach K has coached for a hundred years. What did you just say? You said Duke and North Carolina is boring. You. That's what you just said. Yes. Yeah. 
Say, I would watch Iowa Iowa State for the simple rivalry aspect of it. It wouldn't be boring to me because I'm a sports. Fan. I don't live in North Carolina. I don't care about North Carolina. I don't care about. I don't Duke. live in Iowa, and I just told you that I would watch it. Well, okay, it's America. You can do what you want to do, but I'm just saying I'm I'm not interested. I see these two teams play during the regular season. I've had and and furthermore, Duke could be playing East Bufu State, and they're going to be on national TV. Right, same thing with North Carolina. I'm just. I've got North Carolina and Duke overload. And Kansas, being in the Big 12 with my Cyclones, you know what Kansas can do as far as I'm concerned. You really don't like them, do you? I do not like them in the rain. I do not like them on a train. (laughs) I do not like them here or there. Well, we'll know. When is that? When is it? Next week? This weekend? I don't care. When is it next weekend, Luke? What, the Final Four? Yeah. It's Saturday. First game at 6.09, second game, I think. Our 509 second game tips like seven, so it's always a weird time. Seven thirty nine, whatever it is. Well, I'm going to be painting the inside of my new house. I'll sit there and watch the paint dry. You're lost. The rest of America will be watching what happens. 509 first tip for Villanova, Kansas on TBS. 749 tip on TBS, North Carolina. Well, personally, I'll be celebrating that 15 to nothing win over Louisiana Tech by 530 Saturday. Luke, we will, how about, how about we, we just put a soft drink? On, on the line, as on the ratings on the on the final. If the ratings are up, you win. If the ratings are down, I don't win. bet a bottle of wine. You'll get some cheap crap if you lose. No, <laughs> if you win them, <laughs> it's the thought that counts, Bob Getty. I mean, I don't even want to take an eighty-nine cent sippy cup from you, Kelly, because they're going to be high. So, okay, yeah. well, we'll see. All right. All right, well, we'll see. That's exactly right. Well, hey, you, what, you haven't said what what you think, Bob. Are you excited about this Final Four? When we come back, we're going to be talking about Southern Miss baseball attendance, and that's pretty daggum exciting. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it puts a lot of the big schools to shame when it comes to uh, the love for Southern Miss baseball. So we always like talking about that. Is Western Kentucky up there anywhere? Let me look on the Their average of what? One, uh, one? Yeah, here they are. 112 per game. Yes, they're right there. We'll be Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by DMAT and D1 Training. You know where they are on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg and online. Same location to DMATHattiesburg.com. Great place uh, to get your equipment. Great place to get instruction. Great place to get in great shape. DMAT and D1. Women's golf continues at up at Chattanooga. Uh, women's tennis takes on Alcorn State today, and then softball will take on Jackson State today in a doubleheader beginning at 3 p.m. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Hey, Scott Watkins, uh, guys, the uh, sports reporter for the uh, Sun-Herald, came up with some pretty cool, um, if you just kind of look at the shuffle with conference realignment on baseball RPI. So the new Sun Belt, if you include Southern Miss, Old Dominion, James Madison, and Marshall 
all 14 teams in the Sun Belt would have a combined average RPI. So the average RPI would be around 92. And check this out. Four Sunbelt teams, as the conference would stand next year, inside the top 40, five inside the top 50, and seven inside the top 62. Now, if you contrast that with what Conference USA will be, they have an average RPI of 140. And if you take what the uh, American will look like with some of the Conference USA teams going into that, they will have an average of 119. Should note, both of those Conference USA averages and American averages are based on far fewer teams. So the Sun Belt with 14 teams right now, uh, as it would look next year, an average RPI of 92. This is why we say that apart from maybe a couple Power 5 conferences, the Sun Belt will be one of the best baseball conferences in the entire nation. And with Conference USA adding DeVry, the University of Phoenix and Southern New Hampshire, <laughs> they don't have baseball teams. Yeah, so. they're not very good. Got not very good defensively. <laughs> no. Uh, after the first month of the baseball season uh, this year, Southern Miss finished 11th nationally in average attendance. And I, and I thought this was so interesting. They finished ahead of some of these schools. You may have heard of a few of these. And they're pretty good baseball powers. Florida State, Clemson, Tennessee, who's currently number one till another SEC team is named number one, Vanderbilt, North Carolina, and our good friends down in Ruston, Louisiana Tech, finished ahead of all them. Finished better than seven teams in the SEC, seven from the Big 12, 12 from the Big 10, and every team in the ACC, the Pac-12, the American Athletic Conference, and the Sun Belt. Not bad for a little school here, Kelly Sander, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And sometimes Southern Miss fans, you know, when you talk to other schools, oh, the Southern Miss fan base, they're so fickle. They, you know, they won't support their teams. Well, they will. <laughs> they win when they win. And, and they have, you know. Um, I hate to say that, but that's the bottom line. When they win. And, and academics lots of times will say, well, you've, you've, you've put too much emphasis on athletics. You shouldn't put so much money on athletics. But there's all kinds of data out there that indicates if your athletic teams have success, there is a direct correlation to enrollments going way up. You know, so it is a it is a hand in hand sort of thing. It's not either or, but the two worlds, athletics and academia, have to get yeah. along and have to live together. Pretty pretty wild there. So Louisiana has two teams in this top fifteen, uh, with obvious with with our future fellow uh, conference mate uh, Louisiana there at forty one hundred, there at fourteenth, LSU at number one. Uh, state of Florida has two. Florida at eight. Florida State at twelve. Texas has two at Texas and Texas A&M. But how about the state of Mississippi? Three. Three in the top 11. Three out of the top 11 from Mississippi. Huge, huge series this weekend. Should be a great crowd. Uh, Going to be interesting. The, the scoreboard has been taken down. You know, there's a new scoreboard coming up, video board and all that. But in the interim, it's one of kind of like an old school scoreboard that's, that's up, and that'll be uh, in place this weekend uh, nothing fancy. Just going to give you the innings out across the board, and so they're not going to have a little kid with a big piece of chalk. That's going. No, that's I don't gonna... think it's quite that old school, but okay. it is pretty old school looking, and uh, that'll be the temporary uh, scoreboard until the new one gets up. And so it'll clearly, I think, be up in in time for the Conference USA tournament. You know, when we just knock the snot out of every team and then walk away with the trophy 
off into the sunset. Well, I don't think they wanted to put the scoreboard up yet until it was tested as to how many runs it can actually calculate. Yes. The, you know, whoever operates this one's probably going to be busy. Well, yeah. maybe not this weekend, but, boy, it's a good thing they weren't at Western Kentucky. You well, know, at least, at least on the home side. Yeah, you know, so uh, we're looking forward to that, and uh, we think it's just going to be a fantastic weekend series. We probably ought to give away some tickets tomorrow to that. What do you think, Kelly? That'd be, you, you think anybody would want to go? Uh, it might be one or two. <laughs> Let me uh, make a note here to get some La Tech series tickets on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. And uh, we'll be giving those away. Hey, looking really forward to having Coach Hall with us tomorrow. We really think he's the, a bright, bright star, and uh, and the future is great for Southern Miss football. And uh, we look forward to getting his analysis uh, of spring football and what's in store. It's going to be a. There's a good chance he's going to be excited and blessed. He's going to be pretty blessed to be on the Eagle Hours. What I'm hearing, <laughs> we're blessed to have him. That's for sure. Good. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock with Coach Hall. We talk of football tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, and also Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. The Saints have a new quarterback. Andy Dalton yep. has signed with New Orleans. We'll be talking about that as well. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.